New Orleans, Sunday, January the 4th, 2009. Justin H. Pierce, Special Agent FBI, kind of, reporting. Well, if you're ever so humble, there's no place like home. Even if that home is now riddled with 9mm bullets and 20-gauge buckshot. There's gangbanger blood all over my fake wood floor and the upholstery of my couches. The TV is still okay, though. Man's home may be his castle, but this castle has just had to repel invaders. All right, time to rewind. We had headed over to aisle 5, row 21, which I presume is related to the fact that we are in the early 21st century again now, and simply pointed to the location of my flat in a very detailed Rand McNally atlas. Cellophane really should upgrade to Google Maps. So we materialized in my living room, or the lounge as the estate agent called it, where we rudely woke up one gang-banging brother with a 357 Magnum stuck in his belt. I decided I was not going to have any of that, so I drew the Luger that I brought with me. I would prefer not to use it as I have a hunch that Dreamland's compatible munitions kind of hard to go by, but I could worry about that later. I wouldn't have had the option if the brother had got me first with a Magnum. So I shot from the hip, twice. Got him in the guts and the lower chest before he could raise his cannon. He did get a shot off, but it was wide and he missed. Then everybody else sprang into action. There was a blast to my right as someone took out part of the inner wall with a shotgun. Another gangbanger. Then there was a shot as Wilmot popped one into yet another banger who'd been lounging on my couch. Yeah, my couch. I saw Frost execute a perfect dive behind another sofa, get into position to bring about his rifle, and I saw Chief lunge for my first victim. More shots and bullets whizzed past my ears and embedded themselves in my walls. CSI guy's gonna have a field day with this one. Then Wilmot's guy and a brother number four got cute with our nine mils. I wheeled around and popped off two rounds of the shotgun-wielding goon and got him in the chest twice. Brother number one managed to pump around into Chief, but the medieval armor he was still wearing managed to stop most of the shot. He then started crawling away. A cannon shot went off as Frost fired the rifle of Wilmot's target. Point-blank range, military-grade combat rifle, straight for the shoulder. It was a miracle the arm was still attached. Wilmot popped off another round and got brother number four in the leg. That homie collapsed into a heap and was starting to drag himself out the door. I was pretty sure I was out of ammo with the Luger. Actually, I wasn't. As it turned out later, I still had two rounds left in the clip. But I stepped into the hallway to try and arrest the crawling homie. As I gave my usual courteous warning, I noticed shadows under the door and a stomping on the stairs. I wasn't going to take any chances, so I stepped back into the lounge, rushing for the 9 mil dropped by the other brother. Chief had picked up the first homie's 357, while Frost was standing over said ex-homie with a sheepish, oh my god, how come he's dead look. Well, I don't know, Frost, maybe because you decided to pin him to the floor of my apartment with your sword? Brother number five came in and let loose with a burst of automatic fire, an Uzi, as it turned out later, sending 9mm bullets to the corridor wall. Wilmot caught a couple, but the bullets already slowed down, courtesy of my flimsy walls, and made thunk noises in his armor. 
In true marine style, he dropped and rolled, and let out a burst with his Schmeisser. Nice tie grouping. A row of four hits just below brother number five's right tit, going up to just below his left shoulder. Mr. Shotgun met his end when Wilmot brought him down with a single round, and Chief and I were rushing down the stairs after the last one. We found him in the street, trying to crawl into a black van parked outside my building. I cautioned him. He turned around. The suspect was armed, and given that my life and the life of my uh, colleagues and other citizens were potentially in danger, I decided not to take any chances. So I fired twice and killed him. Chief and I cautiously approached, but the shooter was dead and the van was otherwise empty. The sirens had backed off, so I decided not to further destroy the crime scene and get back indoors. We needed to get back in touch with base, and Anderson was the first man on my call list. A quick glance at my phone also provided us with a fix in time. Sunday, January the 4th. We had lost 10 entire days. Well, which is a thing, you know, when you're facing down the apocalypse. Anderson replied at once, and with that typical southern drawl of his, said, Hold the fort, son. I'll be there in ten minutes. In fact, I think I hear him come up the stairs now. Man, this is going to be hell to explain to the landlord. But, good news is, the TV is still intact. I'll set the TiVo for the hockey. Hawks versus Flames tonight, and there's no way I'm missing that. Yellow apocalypse, or not.